Welcome to The Everglow, a podcast with real advice you can actually use to live a better, happier life, especially if you're an empath. No burning sage, no crystals, no BS. Join me as I travel the world sharing the valuable lessons I learned. Hit subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this to get new episode updates. Welcome everybody to the Everglow. Man, it has been way too long. So I thought I would just pump something out. A lot has happened. Uh, no huge news, but you know, I've been on this journey of you know always bettering myself and self-improvement and whatnot. So I thought way too much time is passing and life is getting a little bit too mundane uh, in part because I can't travel anywhere and you guys all know how much I love to go overseas. Uh, so let me recap a little bit of what I've been up to over the last, you know, four or five months. And uh, I'll preface everything by saying today's episode is about following the breadcrumbs or following the signs, if you will, in terms of uh, bettering yourself and figuring out where to tweak or where to improve your life or yourself. Um, too often, it's easy to kind of just get complacent, you know, get stuck in the routine of you know, wake up, check emails, have breakfast, you know, if you have kids, go drop your kids off at school, you know, it's it's easy to get caught up in this routine, and nothing is wrong with having a routine, although to me, they kind of seem boring, but the problem is routines can make time go, go by a lot faster, and your life starts going by faster without any growth or any improvement, but when things are going status quo, and you're in this routine, We often get complacent and we stop doing the work on ourselves so that when or if something does happen, we don't realize that we are having a hard time digging ourselves out of a certain situation. Or alternatively, if you've listened to my previous podcasts where I talk about, you know, the frog in boiling water, when you get stuck in a routine and you're doing the same thing over and over, you almost don't even realize that you're not that happy as you could be uh, or things are agitating you more than they should be because you're, you're gradually building up that tolerance to tolerating the intolerable. And so today's podcast is about uh, basically following the signs that you need to, of where you need to figure out areas of improvement in your own life. And I'm going to get to that story in a little bit uh, because something happened, I think about two and a half weeks ago now, which made me realize, damn, I can't believe that just happened. And then it it spawned me to realize that or spurred me to realize that that shit had been happening for many, many years, maybe my whole life, but certainly since I was started practicing law and I started kind of like having, I had that moment where I started thinking about all these clients where something about their energy had really affected me, of which there had been many. Um, and I hadn't done anything about it. I wasn't reactive at the time. Uh, And so I'm going to talk about that today so that hopefully you can take some information from this podcast and implement it into your own life and figure out where you can improve yourself in areas where maybe you didn't know you needed to improve so that you can actually also live better and live a more reactive life uh, instead of just being, you know, or I should say live a more proactive life rather instead of being just reactive to everything that happens to you, waiting for something to happen to you before you try to improve yourself. Because that's a really slow road to go down. 
So with that being said, um, yeah, last few months, just to catch you up on me in case you're half interested, I've taken a couple of trips wherever I can. I mean, I did go, I went to Hawaii uh, a couple of months ago, had a fantastic time. I went to Waikiki Beach and I had gone to Waikiki Beach years ago, maybe a little bit over a decade ago or maybe about a decade ago. And I actually didn't have any interest in going back because uh, the first time I went, I it, man, I didn't know what to expect, but it was not what I thought it would be. Waikiki was so crowded when I went back in, I think it was 2010, maybe 11. Like, man, shoulder to shoulder on the on the streets, um, just crowds, you know, heavy. You know, Hawaii's a really unique place to go because it's right in the middle of tourism for Americans and then the Japanese and Koreans who make up, I think they say 40% of the tourism there. And so you have like these two huge areas of tourism converging on this one beautiful island or set of islands. And at least when I went, man, it was just too much. It was too crazy. It was too crowded. And then, you know, all the restaurants were super expensive. At least they were to me back then. Um, I got desensitized over time. And then the, uh, it was all Fendi, Gucci, Prada, all these super expensive rest, uh, stores. And I thought, ah, this isn't really for me. This isn't what I thought about. This isn't really what I can think about when I think of vacation, right? I think about just chilling out. I don't want to see all this uh, commercialization as much and whatever. So I didn't have the greatest time last time I went. I had a great, I had a good time. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't a place that made me think of, oh, let me go back there. I had such a great time. Um, so anyways, lo and behold, you know, I don't have many options right now, right? Because I can't go over to Asia because of the, you know, the COVID, var the co the COVID Delta variant that's now quite prevalent. Uh, so they haven't really opened to tourism. There are a couple of countries in uh, Europe that have opened. I think Greece and Italy, for example. But I just, I don't know. I don't really, I don't feel like going to those places. That's not really where my heart is. So I uh, and I thought, okay, fuck, let me just go to Hawaii. And I ended up going, I stayed at the, uh, man, what was the hotel? Let me remember that one for you. But I stayed at a really nice hotel. And uh, it was right on the Waikiki Beach overlooking the ocean. So I'll post some pictures, but really cool. Like you walk right into the room and all you see is that beautiful blue water. And I had, a, you know what? This time around is totally different. Uh, I went with someone and we had a great time, like so different than my last time. And I attribute it to the fact that I thought Waikiki was going to be super crowded because of everything I was reading in the news where like everybody's going there now. And it was funny leading up to the trip. I swear to God, every single day I talked to somebody they were saying, oh, I just went to Hawaii, or I just went to Hawaii. Or, it just seemed like the, everybody in this country was going to Hawaii. But fortunately, it wasn't that when I got there. It was actually not, not crowded at all. Like, remember, I went 10 years ago. It was perfect now. You'd think it would be more crowded now. It wasn't. It was very, like, you know, tons of room to walk around on the street, tons of places on the beach, which was perfect. Like, you could lie, lay down anywhere you wanted. It wasn't empty. Don't get me wrong. But it was the right amount of people where it, you didn't feel like you were in New York City or Tokyo in the sense of like just the crowds of people. And so it was kind of perfect. Uh, you know, some of the restaurants were a bit clo were closed, but by and large, they were mostly all open. They Some of them just had different hours. So I really wanted to go to this place called Lulu's on the beach. But uh, the first couple of days, they were closed. Like they only opened on certain dates and times and certain hours. Um, when I went, that could have changed by now. I'm not sure. Uh, how, however, having said that, uh, 
you know, the weather was great. The man, the water, perfect. The beautiful white sand. I took a tour around the island, similar to what I had done last time, but this time was I did it with an actual company because, you know, I'm kind of I've kind of moved away from renting cars and driving around when I go on a vacation. I just thought, you know, living in LA makes me hate driving as it is because of all the absolute twits out here. Um, they just kind of ruin driving. And I think, okay, well, when I go on a trip, I don't know if I want to be behind the wheel because I get anxiety just being behind a wheel because of all the the nonsense I have to tolerate here in Los Angeles. And so uh, this time, instead of me driving around, and anyways, renting a car is a total beast. If you've watched the news, you've probably heard about there's a huge rental car shortage, not only in the States, but mostly in Hawaii, um, where I was looking it up as like five, $600 a day for a, a small Kia. And I'm like, well, screw that. So anyways, I, I booked a tour which is way better anyway. Um, I've noticed these tours are way better. And I start, I've started getting into them because when you, you know, let's say you buy a day tour with a guide, you know, you're with other people and you get to meet other people and the guides are usually really good at what they do. They're funny. They're showing you, you know, kind of like the the unique little places and they're giving you a dialogue and the history. And you, you don't get that when you, you know, when you just rent a car and drive around the island, which is what I did last time, you don't really get that. You know, you're trying to figure out where you're going, where the hell do you park? You're, you're you're kind of so distracted, you don't really just get to enjoy being chauffeured around in a nice bus. And so that's what I did. We did this time, and it was you know it was so much better. I I really enjoyed it, and uh, I you know I ended, ended up going to the Dole Pineapple Plantation, which I didn't even know was there, and it, man, that was really cool. Um, ended up going to the North Shore, and that's definitely going to be my next trip. Uh, when I go back to Hawaii, because that North Shore, which is the north part of the island, man, just the energy was so cool there. I just, it was nice, nice and spaced out, no tall buildings. Like it just had this wicked atmosphere for just like, if you want to disconnect from the world, go there. Um, you know, they, they do have like a grocery store and some really cool places, food trucks and whatnot. But I, I saw some people in this little, like what looked like a little, tributary going out into the ocean i saw these girls on a paddle board and i'm like oh my god that looks so fun so i think when i go back i want to hit up north shore maybe just for like a week and disconnect uh from the world and one good thing about hawaii i didn't know this actually but i didn't know hawaii actually considers um the american occupation of their island or their country as a an illegal occupation i never knew that because you know i've always just heard of hawaii as a as one of the states of the United States, and it is obviously, uh, but I didn't know that the locals like legally consider the occupation legal. Although the guide was also telling me that, you know, now that so many years have passed, they're also they're proud to be, you know, part of the United States as well. But I mean, by and let's just face it: if you go to Hawaii, notwithstanding the Starbucks and McDonald's and whatever, at the end of the day, Hawaii really is just another. It's a different country. I mean, the the customs are there, the people are very different right i mean they're looking at from what you might see here right hawaiians are generally i'm gonna guess more of the samoan heritage and asian filipino whereas you know that's not i mean sure in america we're made up of everything but anyways when you go to hawaii you'll see what i mean just everything's different there the food's different and whatever so um i had a really good time highly recommend uh, i heard hawaiians are kind of getting agitated with so many americans and people traveling there right now so they're asking all of us to stay home so i'll respect that but uh, it's definitely a good place to go because you kind of have the amenities of the United States there. And if you ever need to go back for anything, go back to the stateside. It's only, at least LA is only a five-hour flight. And it's a direct flight. So it's, a, it's an easy trip. 
Uh, so I really enjoyed my trip there. Highly recommend. Uh, you know, I checked out some of the restaurants that you see on popular TV shows like uh, diners, drive-thrus, and drive-ins or whatever. So I went to like the Rainbow Inn. But I would say my favorite restaurant while I was there, FYI, in case you're going to go to Waikiki anytime soon, it was a place called, um, I think it was called My Highway Inn. And man, I don't know what they, this place is well well ranked. It's not really expensive. I don't know what they do to their food, but dude, like I, I ordered the fish tacos and I don't even know what they put in them. But not only was it healthy, but it was, it was just delicious. And then um, I tried some sort of uh, steak that they had. And I don't even really eat steak. And man, I don't know what they did to that either. That fucking tasted amazing too. Like, so I have to say that I was really, really impressed with the food there. Uh, not, to, not, not to mention the fact that I feel like food in those islands is a lot healthier than, unfortunately, the food that we eat here, uh, you know, stateside because of the fact that we just put, so, there's just so much trash, so many chemicals in, in the food that we eat here. I think it's very unhealthy. So anyways, that was my trip to Hawaii uh, or Hawaii or whatever how else they pronounce it. So I had a really great time. We'll be back. And uh, yeah, that's it. So what else has been happening? Not much, you know, business kind of slowed down a little bit in last, you know, I'd say May, April. For a minute, I almost got worried. I was like, man, what the hell's going on? Uh, but I think I just needed that space. And I, I think the universe gave me that time because I was getting my bathroom remodeled in my house and it was taking so much effort and energy for me, even though I'm not even the one doing it. But just the workers were always here asking me, okay, what do you want to do with this? How do you want that? And, you know, if you've ever had a construction project done in your house, it's pretty exhausting, even though you're not the one actually doing the physical labor. And honestly, by the end of it, it's not even done, by the way. By the end of it, uh, before the guys left, like I just I had I had a whole bunch of other things planned to be done on my house, and I was like, you know what, fuck that, <laughs> I'm not doing anything more for the rest of the year because it was just too emotionally draining. And I think what happened is the universe the universe tries not to give you more than you can handle, and I think I, I just couldn't have handled having like a lot of clients coming in and things going on at the same time as the bathroom model. Um, so I think that's why things slowed down because that was not surprisingly, as soon as the guys left that were working on my house, the phones just started ringing off the hook again and everything's like better now than it ever was really. So that's that. Um, so anyway, so I want to get back to uh, what I wanted to originally talk to you guys about on today's episode. And basically, that is about following the signs. Um, you know, there are always people out there looking for little, you know, coincidences or instances in their daily routine when they're trying to make a decision on something and they're trying to find signs. But those aren't the signs I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking about almost preemptive measures. So when I talk about signs, I'm referring to looking for things that are happening around you to read a situation so you can make a really good decision going forward, especially as an empath. So you don't put yourself into a situation that you later regret and can't get out of. And you know me, I love illustrating by example. So I'm going to give you a great example. You know, you guys have heard me talk about, you know, having a legal practice and especially as an empath, how difficult that can sometimes be. And, you know, I've, man, I've made some leaps and bounds. I'm not even the same person anymore to a degree when it comes to my legal practice, because I would let whoever come into my, my office, I would take on clients that, 
you know, I got the heebie-jeebies about and, you know, of course they would end up being nightmares for a whole bunch of reasons and I'd regret it and I would, I would be stuck, you know, as attorneys, you'll know that if you're an attorney listening to this, what a lot of people don't realize is when we take on a case or a client, same thing, um, you know, we can't just walk away from a case, especially if it's, you know, filed in court and things like that. It's very difficult. It's, it's like a, it's almost like a, a marriage. You know, I, I can't just get off of a case because, especially if it's already been filed in court, I can't just get off of a case, unfortunately, because the client happens to be rude to me one day. I mean, maybe I can try, but it's a, it's a big hassle. And so as a result of that, for a number of years, when I first started out, I found myself just exasperated, feeling like shit a lot, because it wasn't that most of the clients were tough to deal with. But all if you're an empath, you know better than anybody. You just need one human being in your life to just drag you down for the day or the week because they transfer so much toxic energy to you and you absorb it. That's what an empath does. We feel other people's feelings. And um, you have to learn how to trust your gut. So I guess maybe that's what I'm trying to say when I say follow the signs. Trust the feelings you're getting. Trust the heebie-jeebies you're feeling when you're you know, analyzing a situation or in the examples I'm going to give you of taking on clients, when you're, you're feeling that energy of somebody and it's making your body react, don't disregard your feelings. So I'm going to give you two examples, okay? The first one was uh, a client that had come in for, you know, financial, a financial matter. Thank God I don't do those anymore. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is it's not like when I'm talking about these types of clients that they come in and they're rude and nasty. Uh, it's more just that you, you see the issues they have when it's often too late. Um, so, But let me give you this example nonetheless. So this lady had come in. She had a financial situation, had a lot of debt, um, and great conversation, you know, didn't see any issue with her being a tough client or anything like that. And by this time in my career, I was starting to awaken to just focusing on my peace and screening my clients a lot. Now, you can only screen so much, right? You can only try to ascertain the situation and figure out who you want to take on as clients and who you don't. But you also have to be extremely careful how you approach these things because, you know, what are you going to do after a consultation? Are you going to tell a client, uh, you know what, you make me feel weird, so I'm not taking your case. Of course, you can't really tell somebody that. But anyways, back to the, the story. I keep diverting, but bear with me, if you will. So, you know, I, I interview the client, seems, seems decent, looks like a case I can handle, you know, so that's her first consultation. I go on a trip. I think this is when I went on my North Korea trip and China trip. You know, whenever I come, go on a vacation, I come back feeling super, super rested. And, uh, you know, I, I'm more alert, if anything, because my body's now in a very peaceful place instead of being, you know, on, on, <laughs> on red alert all the time. And it's, it's easy to be on red alert all the time when you're living in, in Los Angeles because you're just, even if you don't have a legal practice, you're just surrounded by so many people in LA's in its own way, a bit of a war zone, right? You can barely drive on the street without, you know, cars cutting you off and whatever else. So anyway, she comes back to my office for consultation number two. An interesting thing starts to happen. While we're in the conversation, my hand 
starts to lose the ability to write. So when I'm trying to write a note, it's the weirdest thing. I can't hold my pen properly. Like I almost have to grip it with my fist instead of holding it, you know, between my thumb and um, index and middle finger. And I'm like, man, what the hell is going on? And that had happened to me. That had been that has been happening to me throughout my career. Even if it's just dealing with somebody on the other end of the phone where I'm trying to write notes, my hand in some cases wouldn't be able to write. And I'd be wondering to myself, what the hell's going on? Why can't I write properly? Like to explain it, it would almost be like my handwriting would look like a little child's handwriting because I couldn't trace the letters. It was the craziest thing. And it's, you know, when I was less astute or observant about what, what was going on, I, I just kind of would put it to the side thinking, man, what the hell is going on? Like, that's weird. Um, but this time, because I was alert, I started realizing, well, not only am I feeling weird with the energy of this client, potential client, my hand isn't writing correctly. And I started thinking to myself, I wonder if there's a correlation. I wonder if there's a connection between people with very toxic energies and my body reacting to them. Because as an empath, we fit, you know better than I do, or you know as well as I do that when you're an empath and you're around the wrong person, it's not just a bad feeling you get. Your body physically reacts in, a, in some regard, right? Like you'll, maybe you'll feel anxiety in your chest. You'll feel a tightness. You'll feel something, I promise you. And if you're an empath, you've probably also been feeling something, um, but you may have just been disregarding it for what it actually was. And that is your body giving you some sort of warning sign. And so as my hand couldn't write and I'm like, man, what's going on? And she kept talking. An interesting thing happened. Out of the blue, she starts asking, you're truthful with me, right? And I'm thinking, huh? She's like, you wouldn't lie to me, right? And I'm thinking, what's right? I was totally confused. I'm like, what on earth is going on? I'm here to help you. I don't even I don't even represent you yet. And I'm I'm wondering, like, where on earth is this coming from after we haven't even like done her case, we haven't signed her up, and she's some, somehow questioning me, like my veracity or my honesty. And I thought, this is weird. I'm like, yeah, what what on earth are you? I don't understand what the, what the where that question's coming from. And I, you know, people tend to project, right? So I'm I guess she had probably been screwed over a bunch of times. So she was worried about hiring an attorney that would screw her over. Oddly enough, I'm always worried about that when it comes to a bankruptcy client because they don't have money to pay you <laughs> and I don't like working for free suddenly. So anyhow, that gave that made my hand be able to write even less and it left such a bad taste in my mouth the way she kind of went down that. And so, you know, after she left my office, I, I made the decision that, you know what? Enough, enough, enough. I need to start listening to my body. So I started looking at the whole situation. I looked at how my hand couldn't write. Oh, you're going to love this. When she left my office, I could write with no problem at all. None. My hand was totally perfect again. Um, but I did have this bad taste in my mouth. So I actually ended up not taking the case. I, you know, I emailed her later saying I couldn't take her case for a number of reasons. And I'm glad I did. Uh, because I actually ended up forwarding that client to, or referring that client to another attorney. And that attorney later told me she had all sorts of problems with that individual 
and also got stiffed on the payment <laughs> on her payment. So you can see how for once I was able to follow the signs. Um, not that long ago, I had another client come in and he, this gentleman kept trying to negotiate my fees now. Now, again, this is back when I was doing the bankruptcy work, which these days I've really stepped out of because, you know, the stress versus the pay, which is pennies these days, isn't worth it. However, this gentleman, when I was still doing this, this gentleman came in, he was a bit of an oddball. He was one of these talkers, you know, I guess he was in, he was, he did some sort of business himself and I guess he thought he spoke, you know, every now and then you meet these clients that they watch some TV shows, so they try to drop legalese on you. <laughs> they think they speak your language and you just kind of have to like smile and pretend like you know what they're talking about, even though they generally don't. And he kind of was really pushy to the degree of he wanted me to take his case on for a flat fee, which is what we usually charge in bankruptcy. But it was a no matter what, this is the flat fee. Meaning if something happened in his case, for example, if a creditor challenged the bankruptcy, which could get very expensive to fight, right? Because now you have to file a lawsuit inside of the bankruptcy. And that's not cheap. I mean, you anybody that's hired a lawyer knows litigating things is not cheap uh, when it comes to paying a lawyer. So when we do a bankruptcy, if it's something, if something happens that's outside the scope of just filing the bankruptcy, like a creditor fighting it, those are separate charges because those things can take, you know, another 20, 30 hours of, of legal work. And if you didn't charge extra for that, you would literally go broke as an attorney because the amount of work that goes into those things is tremendous. Okay. Just to give you some background. And so in his particular case, he was concerned about a creditor challenging the bankruptcy. And just so you know, it's pretty rare that any creditors challenge bankruptcies for the type of debt he was looking to wipe out. But somehow he got transfixed on this remote possibility of something happening and the cost of the bankruptcy and you know going up further. I can't blame him as a consumer for worrying about that. But on the flip side, he wanted me to include that in my base price so that if a creditor or two creditors or whoever, whomever decided to fight the bankruptcy, I would defend all of that um, through litigating it. Now, again, the costs and the time of litigating these things is tremendous and it is not free. And if you can imagine, you know, imagine you just quote somebody a couple thousand dollars to do a bankruptcy and that alone takes, let's say, five or six hours plus all the other monitoring you have to do. And now you get dropped a lawsuit on you and now you have to spend 20, 30 hours on that for the same flat fee. You can see the major problem there, right? It's like going to McDonald's and negotiating with them to buy a cheeseburger for like a dollar and then telling them, yeah, but you know what? If I'm still hungry, I want that dollar I paid you to count towards an unlimited amount of food. Because remember, as attorneys, we get paid for our time. And in bankruptcy, we don't even really get paid properly for our time, which is pretty much why I don't do it anymore. And so this, but he was so adamant about it to the point where he started trying to offer me cash as though that would make a difference. I mean, it still goes into an account, <laughs> you know, the way accounting works. And he was just so angry. It, it was interesting. It was so ang he was getting so angry that 
he couldn't twist my arm into agreeing to such an absurd terms of his where like I would just defend anything and handle all these, these potential legal, legal issues that come up for free, essentially for free. Right. And so, but I'm bringing, bringing that story to you because I was so sensitive at the time that something about his energy when he walked in my office was setting me off and it wasn't through anything he was saying. It was more just his presence. And again, guess what happened? Throughout that meeting, I couldn't write again. And that's when I knew, that's when I put two and two together. I was like, okay, my body all these years has been telling me something. When I can't grip a pen correctly, that's kind of like my, you know, water stick rod, you know, when it, you're, it finds wa you know, water underground by, by bending a little bit. That is basically what, what my hand is. So when I can't write properly and I'm talking to somebody, that's my body, you know, manifesting an alarm bell for me saying, hey, you know, be on guard with this person, stay away. So suffice it to say, uh, I said no. He was pretty displeased. I don't really care. Um, and he left and hoping he'd come back. He Or sorry, saying he would come back or whatever. At that point, I was, I actually didn't want him to come back because, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the, I'm not the type of person anymore that wants to be told how to do my business. <laughs> and I'm most certainly not going to do any favors for complete strangers because one thing I've learned is every time I make an exception and go out of my way for a stranger, especially in this, in a legal practice, those are the times I get burned. So I can almost guarantee you because he was so transfixed on that potentially happening that he probably had some inside info he wasn't sharing with me um, because that's what these manipulate, that's what manipulative people do. Right. And, you know, I will say this about, People, they will, you may think some people are dumb. You may, you may think they don't know a lot or they've made dumb decisions, but I will promise you this. The people that you think are the dumbest, while they may not be as intelligent as you in certain areas, they may be a hell of a lot more intelligent than you in other areas, be it street smarts, being, being manipulative, um, trying to goad you into doing things you don't want to do. And they do it with a smile on your face. And if you're naive, it's very easy to get roped into these people. And it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer, especially in LA. I mean, other countries, yeah, being a lawyer, maybe even other states, there's a lot of respect around the legal profession. And, you know, if I go to the Philippines, they actually, you know, that gives you a little bit of clout or at least respect. I mean, in LA, nobody gives a shit <laughs> if you're a lawyer. <laughs> if anything, it's an excuse for them to be a dick to you sometimes. And anyhow, so... Those are the signs, right? In this case, the signs for me were my body was reacting. And my body's always been reacting to these people. I just never put two and two together. And so what I would advise you to do as you, you know, navigate this complex jungle of Los Angeles or wherever you happen to be in, and you're an empath, you are going to save yourself a lot of time and trouble and stress if you start listening and being more sensitive to how your body is reacting in certain situations and especially with certain people, because little things that might be happening that you may put off to the side as just some weirdness is probably your body, like your, you know, your primitive instincts manifesting themselves. So who knows, maybe your thumb starts hurting when you're around certain people. It could be as weird as that. I mean, look how weird my hand thing is. So look for the signs. 
look for those signs. And those signs, I promise, if you look back on all those instances when those things were happening, you're going to find there's probably a correlation, especially if you're an empath or a highly sensitive person. And so that's kind of my lesson for the day. You know, don't take things for granted when your body is reacting. Your body is a, it's such a complex thing that we really don't appreciate. I mean, you look at what a pharmacy, what a miraculous pharmacy our body is, right? It can take food, take whatever nutrients it needs to, you know, cater towards whatever illness you're fighting. You know, the way the brain works, we still don't know. I'm still fascinated with all the dreams I have, which end up being, you know, I see, I see manifest in reality the next day. You know, we don't, we hardly know the body, but start trusting your body more. And I think that's why a lot of people have other health problems because they just keep ignoring their body. Their body's usually telling them and giving them signs. Um, so start listening up, listen to your body, trust it. Don't trust the people outside of you. Trust the body inside of you. So that's kind of my lesson for the day. Follow the signs, listen to yourself. You know, don't, don't take for granted any things that are happening inside your body when you're interacting with certain people. If you get a bad vibe or a bad feeling about something, err on the side of caution. Don't think that you're going to be like, ah, oh, it's nothing. Let me just take the risk, see what happens. Don't even do that if you're an empath, because as an empath, you know, um, emotionally, we can't afford to deal with that sort of that sort of thing. Okay, so that's my lesson for today. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Um, now that I'm finishing this up, believe it or not, I actually recorded this thing like <laughs> a year and a half ago. <laughs> Man, time flies. I'm just kind of finishing it up now. That's why you're hearing me talk about COVID and whatever. So anyways, I hope you enjoy it. Good luck. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for tuning into The Everglow, chronicling my life as I travel the globe in search of answers to live life better. Check us out on TikTok and Instagram at International, I-N-T-E-R-N-A-T-I-N-I-L. See you on the next one.